Section 14 of A Day at a Time by Archibald Alexander. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Section 14. The Days Dark. Whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. It is never hard to connect the presence of our Lord and Master Jesus Christ with our Sabbaths and our hours of worship. If ever Christ comes near us in spirit at all, we say, it is when in the quiet of the sanctuary we reach out hands of prayer and desire to him. The link between our worship and our Lord is strong and obvious. But when the din of business shuts out all else, when the hard, toilsome duty of the ordinary day is to be done, when we are at work amid surroundings that have no suggestion of sacredness or of God about them, what of the link with Christ then? It is much harder then, is it not? To imagine any thinkable and workable connection that our Lord has with that sphere of life, broad and extensive as it is. There are many, indeed, who forget that there is any and live as if there were none. And yet the solemn truth is that if that link is not strong and real, we don't know what religion means. We have hardly the right to call ourselves Christian men and women unless we can relate our weekday labors to the fact of Christ. So let us try to strengthen that link. Let us look at our daily work in the light of religion. First, let me remind you that our work is by divine commandment. It is not something that God allows us to do when we are not worshiping. It is his ordinance that we should all work at something. The business of life is labor of some sort. I do not know if we all realize how the fourth commandment begins. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. And the man who is inexcusably idle or who belittles his work, even in the interest as he thinks of religion, is breaking this commandment as truly as he who neglects the other half of it and dishonors the Sabbath day. No one will accuse the Apostle Paul of any indifference or lukewarmness where true religion was concerned. Yet it was this Apostle who ordered the Thessalonians to go on with their daily occupations, even though they believed, as many did at that time, that the return of the Lord to earth was just at hand. By our daily work we serve the Lord as truly as when we gather to his worship. Let us get out of our heads, then, the false and foolish idea that all the working part of our week is the part at which God looks askance. Man's chief end is to glorify God, and one of the ways of doing that is by being loyal to the duties of each hour, whatever they may be. Secondly, I would ask you to think of those quiet, unrecorded years of our Lord's life on earth before his public ministry. The Gospels give no details. But the fact is perfectly certain that up until his 30th year, Jesus of Nazareth worked at his trade as a carpenter. If only we would let that fact soak into us, it would alter our whole idea of the relation of our daily work to religion. Jesus worked himself. And we have, as has been pointed out, interesting indirect proof as to what manner of life he lived on those workaday levels that we all know so much about. For to this carpenter of Nazareth there came a day when, in Nazareth itself, he stood forth as representative of a morality and religion higher than ever was proclaimed before. 
he spoke to men about the true way to live like one having authority. And there were many who so resented what they deemed his presumption that anything that reflected on his claims or belittled his authority would gladly have been seized upon and made the most of. Had there been in Nazareth a bit of botched work of his doing, a door of unseasoned wood or a badly made chest, don't you think it would have been produced to discredit his mission? If anyone could have been found with whom the carpenter had not dealt honorably and justly, if, as he walked the streets of his native town and lived his humble daily life in the sight of all men, there had been anything that weakened his claim to guide and teach his brethren, don't you think they would have found it out and taxed him with it? There was nothing of that. Jesus faced his fellows with his daily duty behind him, and it reinforced every word he said. His message to men was backed up by his daily life. He spoke of religion as no other son of man ever did, but he lived it long before he ever opened his mouth. He brought religion down to the workshop and the street and showed men what it meant there. And unless he had done that, it is difficult to conceive that his public ministry of itself would have satisfied men that he was indeed one sent from God. Do you see, then, from this point of view, what a great and vital part of religion our day's work is, and the way we do it, our life at home, our ordinary contact with our fellow men? It is that that gives weight to any profession we may make. If in our daily life we are not exhibiting our religion, Nothing that we can profess or say on Sunday will make up that defect. It is what we are on Monday and Tuesday that underlines and emphasizes the claims we make at church on the Sunday. Behind all our prayer and profession lies the everyday life. Third, our daily work is sanctified by the fact that our Lord and Master is with us to help and strengthen us there as truly as when we pray. Jesus Christ is not far away, as we so pitifully misconceive it, amid the dust of business, when we must keep our temper and follow conscience along the hard way and deal honorably with all men. He is near us there also, ready and willing to help us be true to God and man on that road which he once trod himself. There is a famous unwritten saying of Christ which puts memorably what the Gospels likewise testify. Raise the stone, and thou shalt find me. Cleave the wood, and there am I. Christ is as near us in our daily work as that. When Peter and his friends went a-fishing, you remember, with heavy hearts because the master had gone away from them, he met them by the lake as they plied their ordinary calling. So does he wait, my brother, to meet you and me wherever the duty of the hour may take us. For our working life is not outside of his interest, nor out with his care and guidance. With reverent imagination, Van Dyke has seemed to hear the Christ speak thus, and the words may perhaps further weld the link for some of us between our everyday duty and the Christ whom we worship and seek to serve. They who tread the path of labor follow where my feet have trod. They who work without complaining do the holy will of God. Where the many toil together, there am I among my own. Where the tired workman sleepeth, 
there am I with him alone. I, the peace that passeth knowledge, dwell amid the daily strife. I, the bread of heaven, am broken in the sacrament of life. Every task, however simple, sets the soul that does it free. Every deed of love and mercy done to man is done to me. Nevermore thou needest seek me. I am with thee everywhere. Raise the stone and thou shalt find me. Cleave the wood and I am there. Prayer Our Lord and Master, whose command it is that we do with our whole heart whatsoever our hand findeth to do, grant that we may so yield and surrender ourselves, body, mind, and spirit, unto thee, that even in the common business of each ordinary day, we may serve thee and glorify thy great name. Amen. End of section 14